0: Welcome to Better Call Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Alexis. And today we're talking about Season 5, Episode 2, titled 50% Off. I don't know about you, but I really like this episode. I Uh, also really liked it. Yet again, it's got some strong themes, like I wrote about in my written review on the website, baldmove.com. You've probably heard of it by now. I would hope. Uh, this episode is kind of all about building and exploiting trust. Mm -hmm. And you can see that in all of the characters from Nacho being explicitly told by Gus, build up Lalo's trust and then exploit it and give me the information. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you've got, you know, Saul sort of roping Kim back into this failing relationship that they've got. Um, And also
1: doing his whole his whole con man thing right there in the courthouse and everywhere.
0: Oh yeah, Yeah. it's fantastic. Um, And then you've got uh mike who has built who has spent the entire series building up trust with his daughter and her daughter his mm-hmm. granddaughter uh and now he's sort of throwing that all away yeah so you know uh there's a lot of trust issues in this show and i think they're only going to get worse and worse as the seasons go on but i really thought it was great i thought you know the acting was superb as always from basically the entire cast and thematically it was really strong
1: and we got an actual action scene which is not yeah, something that yeah, we yeah. usually get in this show <laughs> the
0: nacho tuck and roll over the rooftops oh my yeah God, it
1: was so good <laughs> it was so good i was like screaming at the tv while i watched it. i was trying to be uh-huh. good i usually i try not to yell at the tv too much when we watch together because that's <laughs> a little distracting or so i've heard That's what i've been told when
0: i'm trying to make an outline sure yeah <laughs> it can be distracting
1: and when i am also trying to make an outline but, I mean I, I was right there the with you time. and
0: you were you were basically like Lalo sitting in that car going No yes. oh, no, you yeah. crazy he Salamanca son of a him. bitch.
1: Yep. <laughs> and when he when he got back to the car and he said you're a badass, I'm like, yes. Uh huh. I agree. He is a badass. It was amazing.
0: Uh so let's get right into the episode. Let's do it. Let's talk about uh the couple of dopes that Jimmy gives fifty percent off coupons to. Sort of mistake that as a get out of jail free card
1: and mm-hmm. start
0: committing crimes. They go on a crime spree, full-blown.
1: Full-blown, uh, non, non-violent crime spree, unless you count mm-hmm. violence against mailboxes. Or windshields. Or windshields. Or, or trash
0: cans. They pissed trash on trash cans.
1: cans. Their own bodies. Violence yeah. against their own bodies.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, Uh, it picks up right where we left off last yeah. time. So we can see like, oh, these are two of the people that Jimmy gave the cards to, mm-hmm. like, this is a problem you know the the consequences of his new lifestyle are already manifesting it's crazy how fast that happened
1: right they are i will say maybe beating us over the head a little bit with it
0: yeah and that scene where he's like oh yeah they're they're morons but you know they wouldn't do anything go out and do anything stupid just because i gave them a discount Mm -hmm. uh yeah (laughs) good luck with that jimmy (laughs) there are a lot of different techniques on display as far as cinematography goes in this scene which i appreciate that's one of breaking bad uh the, the breaking bad universe's hallmarks
1: i love the tummy's eye view of that gnome as a stripy <laughs> shirt is running that was uh-huh. wonderful that that almost felt like some 90s grunge stuff that mm-hmm. was great
0: yeah and there's a lot of um you know sped up footage and mm-hmm. just like making them dancing around like lunatics look extra cool Extra fun,
1: man! I tell you what—if you took away the shaky cam and the way that was shot, I bet mm. that looked really fucking stupid.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you gotta do a lot of stupid shit to get the shots you need,
1: right? Like those, like the the shakiness on the deck of the Enterprise. Oh, yeah if you look at that out of context, if you don't just, shake the camera, yeah, exactly.
0: Yep. Uh, so then Victor and his guys, which I think is just a Tyrus and two goons that we've never seen Mm -hmm. uh, grab Nacho in the night and they take him to a bar or a restaurant, I don't know what it is exactly, and they threaten to kill his father. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: Gus shows up and tells Nacho that he needs to find a way to make Lalo trust him and then report his comings and goings. Report what he's thinking, what he's planning. Like, how how do you do that with Lalo? He's so unpredictable. It's like, Gus, Nacho doesn't know what he's thinking, let alone what he's planning.
1: Right, and he's also... He's pretty smart, and it seems like he could see through people yeah. really clearly, including Gus. And if you can see through Gus, how the fuck is he not going to be able to see through Nacho? Yeah. Like, that that barely makes sense to me, but also, he has to try, I guess. And we'll get to see him trying spectacularly later.
0: But he's doing a hell of a job. Like, yeah. These are the types of things, like, jumping from rooftop to rooftop... <laughs> When you're talking about a man who climbs through drop ceilings to get behind bulletproof glass to get information he wants. That's
1: exactly the kind of shit that will
0: Yeah. Yeah. That do it. that's exactly what you need to do to impress Lalo.
1: And that weird superhero stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, just going above and beyond. Um I, I really like, speaking of cinematography, the uh shot in this scene of Gus because they don't ever show him from the front. Mm-hmm. They they just shoot it from Nacho's POV through the rearview mirror, and it's super menacing. All you can see is Gus's eyes. And then when he finally does turn around to speak, he doesn't speak. He just looks at him. Yeah. And Nacho just instantly changes his tune, like, oh, I'll find a way. Yep. I'll find a way to make it work.
1: It's perfect. I, I also really enjoy this scene. We get to see more of Nacho, like, still being a basically decent person in some ways like he is super trying to not let this guy get out to go what he you know he thinks maybe immediately Mm -hmm. kill his father yeah why would he why would he think otherwise Mm -hmm. Um, he's grabbing his shirt and everything it's it was kind of it was a little bit heartbreaking for me
0: it is. I don't want to see Nacho's father die. No. And I kind of want to see Nacho succeed. He seems to be the best of the cartel here.
1: Yeah, I get... Sometimes I get a little bit of a Jesse vibe from him. He's like a smarter, mm. more suave Jesse in some ways.
0: <laughs> yeah, way more.
1: <laughs> Just a little he's, more He's more suave. like
0: Jesse season four yeah. than he is Jesse season one, certainly. Well,
1: yeah, okay. The, the fucking... St- the kids that we saw in the first scene are more like Jesse season
0: four. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't help but think like in that striped shirt and that beanie, how uh-huh. this, this, you put a hoodie on that dude and he is Jesse.
1: Or he's Skinny Pete or yeah. the other yeah. guy, the, the dancing fool could be Badge. Okay. Or yeah. Badger. I see it. Beamer. Badge. Sorry. I mispronounced. BMO. BMO. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: get there. Uh, the the other thing I want to talk about is the hate they seem to be fostering between Victor and Nacho.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, there's there's a look that Nacho gives him at the end of the scene because obviously Victor was the one who was going to go in, and if mm-hmm. he got the the wrong headlight signal, right. kill everybody in that room, including his father. And and you can see when he gets back, Nacho gives him like the dirtiest of looks, and Victor sort of laughs at it, like just smirks at him.
1: It says that your your dad's a good guy or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They're they're definitely setting up a confrontation between these two.
1: Interesting. I didn't pick up on that, but I can totally see it.
0: Cuz they're both underlings, right, of the mm-hmm. the different criminal organizations here or branches of the same organization. Right.
1: You would think though with them both being underlings that he would kind of understand that this dude has to do what he does to to right. keep living like to what is, still g- <laughs> to still be alive.
0: He what does Gus have over him, right? Like right. he should be thinking Exactly where's Victor's father?
1: Mm -hmm. You know, how many
0: times has Tyrus gone and threatened Victor's dad, right? Right. There, there could be circumstances that we don't know about, but it seems like Victor sort of enjoys what he does.
1: He might be coming
0: back. I don't think Nacho would ever come back and smirk at somebody and say, your dad's a great guy. No,
1: he's definitely a little bit more of a psychopath.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh, So then we move on to Jimmy fielding client calls while he and Kim get ready for work. Uh, he then takes Kim to see a house that he wants them to move into at some point point. and they go inside and Jimmy lays out his vision of the future of their future together and Kim brings up a topic of lying to her clients and Jimmy promises he'll never try to push that on her again and they eventually get kicked out of the house for messing with the shower nozzles.
1: <laughs> I mean if you're going to get kicked out of an open house that's mm-hmm. definitely the way to do it.
0: Yeah rather than cooking meth <laughs> like this is a second <laughs> open house scene. <laughs> In the Breaking Bad universe and the first one was iconic it was just fantastic (laughs) with you not see the basement bitch (laughs) it's it's so good this one you know not as memorable as that one I don't I don't think but man the manipulation that's happening here
1: yeah the interpersonal drama we're in the drama Uh. zone
0: yeah Jimmy's tried this on multiple levels now so he tried it with the office space, right? The shared mm-hmm. office space. He wanted to get her invested in their professional relationship together,
1: right? And she was willing to. She was only willing to do it because it was a together but separate situation. Yeah,
0: she kept that firewall up exactly because uh, she knows what kind mm-hmm. of person Jimmy is and what kind of trouble he gets into.
1: And we've seen like she she is definitely worried about her reputation as oh, yeah. a lawyer.
0: So now Jimmy's playing the other angle, which is their personal relationship, and he's trying to get her. Invested there so that she can't really get away as easily.
1: have seen this so many times whenever somebody can tell that, like, a breakup is imminent. Mm-hmm. You just way overcompensate and use a lot of we statements. And then the other person <sighs> is being very noncommittal about those we oh, yeah. statements. Like, Kim isn't. Yeah, scene. maybe.
0: Oh, we'll see. Hmm. Uh-huh. Okay.
1: Especially when they walk into that walk in closet and Kim is at first, mm-hmm. like anybody, drooling over this closet. And she says, Yeah. This is my dream closet." Jimmy says, "Our dream closet." And she's like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally,
0: yeah, it's it's pretty gross, uh, and
1: it's so obvious, I think
0: Kim knows what's going on here, she but at the same does. time, I do think she loves Jimmy
1: mm-hmm.
0: She just doesn't love what Jimmy gets up to, yeah, um, and so. Whenever he makes these promises, you know, like, I'll never do this again and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She's inclined to believe him. How many times you have to cry wolf, I guess, before yeah, he, she turns on him.
1: I mean, we saw, like, even in this scene where he is so clearly overcompensating, mm-hmm. when he says, I promise I won't ask you to lie to your clients again, to con your clients again, her brow, like, completely <laughs> unwrinkles Like she, she's willing to buy into it every single time, and it'll be really interesting to see when that stops happening. And
0: they come out of the house laughing. Like,
1: do you think that that was intentional? Jimmy standing in the shower. Like, do you think he was hoping that she would turn it on? As much a fun moment.
0: Yeah, as much as you know, the ADA should have been thinking: Is this intentional? When Jimmy sticks them in the elevator together.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, this is intentional. This is what Jimmy does. I mean, it all comes off the back of a scene where their relationship they're they're just icy, they're frigid, right? Like in the mm-hmm. morning, they're the Jimmy's doing his client thing, and he's ironing, and Kim is just getting ready for work, completely silent, doesn't interact with him at all, really.
1: He's trying to set up a movie night, and she's like, "Oh, I, you know what? I, I have might, to work late. M- I might have to
0: work, so I can't set that appointment up now." Yeah. And my guess is like she won't have to work late but she'll come home and she'll be like oh yeah i could have done it turns out but now it's too late
1: or she'll just stay there with busy work to not have to come home and deal with him and his Saul shit
0: (laughs) right uh yeah and this is the scene where he talks about those boneheads not doing anything stupid obviously that'll Mm -hmm. come back to bite him Mm -hmm. i don't don't know how yet Mm -hmm. like he can't really be blamed legally but he could certainly be blamed in Kim's eyes and I think that's how it's going to come back to bite him
1: it, yeah absolutely if it will come back that is exactly the way that it's going to happen
0: alright we move on to Lalo visiting Hector at the care facility he loads his vitamin drink with booze and that pleases Hector he's, he's all about the booze <laughs> and then Lalo talks aloud to Hector about his problem with Gus and Hector dings out the solution The they need to disrupt Gus's cash flow and the bosses will turn on him I love the the subtlety of writing in this scene or, or the restraint shown, I guess, in the writing because most, most shows, when Lalo's, you know, opining about, oh, how are we going to get him? And like the bosses, you know, the bosses like him as long as he's bringing in the cash and then ding, 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 Hector says, that's the solution. Most shows would have Lalo go, so we need to disrupt his cash flow. Right. This show doesn't. This show just lets you understand that in the moment
1: yeah i think we mentioned that in the last episode too the show uh, does not hold your hand for you yeah and that's refreshing in many ways
0: it really is uh anything else to say about this scene
1: i would like to know exactly how terrible that hell brew is that he mixed up
0: and Didn't if seem it's good
1: if it's any worse than anything that i've made at home <laughs> oh,
0: with your <laughs> random oh i don't know what boozes go together let's try this tequila hey. and peach brandy why not
1: I don't think I've ever done that, sir. <laughs>
0: tequila and elderflower liqueur? Sure, let's go for it.
1: Listen, tequila's a little bit salty, so mm-hmm. what can go with salty?
0: You mixed tequila, creme de cacao, uh-huh. and milk cream last night.
1: Cream. And you know what? It was tasty. It was not. It was tasty. It was not. It was tasty. It was tasty. And I i have never heard any opinion against it <laughs> <laughs> lies
0: lies. i was there when you heard my opinion on it
1: it was it quite exactly good don't positive. let him don't let him poo poo in my drink mixture. i can
0: see why you thought it would be good tequila plus uh, plus chocolate like the tequila is a little salty in flavor and
1: it needed something salty to, chocolate's good there was just too much flavor I think if it had had something to mellow it out, which is what I was trying to do with the cream, but apparently it didn't quite work.
0: (laughs) You needed Fizzy K. That's what you needed. Fizzy
1: K, yeah, absolutely. Very berry flavor.
0: Very berry Fizzy K would have Mm -hmm. done it. I do wonder what that vitamin solution is and tastes like.
1: It was probably gold tequila that he put in there, right?
0: Probably, I assume.
1: That has nothing to do with anything. I just, I like to speculate. Because I like to experiment. It's
0: probably Zafiro onyeo. If I had to guess.
1: Whoa.
0: The fanciest. Like I don't think Lalo drinks.
1: No, he wouldn't fucking drink.
0: Jose Cuervo.
1: Or even like Herradura
0: No, he's probably Heridura? drinking the good stuff. Yeah. He's probably drinking, maybe even stuff that he made. He might have a whole line of tequilas.
1: Mm, yeah, I could see that. I could totally yeah. see that.
0: Lalo onyeo.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Now I'm thinking about uh, Silicon Valley. Let's let's move forward. Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: How many dots does he have, or commas rather?
1: Commas.
0: Uh, dots if you're in the UK. All right, let's move on to Mike waking up completely hungover.
1: Oh my god, yes, swimming through a sea of beer cans <laughs> to get to his phone.
0: Yeah, that that thing that Casper said to him last episode really fucked we him up. Called it, yeah. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, he's been drinking all night. He's hungover, and his daughter calls to ask if he can take Kaylee for the day while she's at work. He agrees, and he heads over to help with Kaylee's multiplication tables while they finish building the playhouse. Uh, Kaylee starts asking a lot of questions about what her father was like, Mm -hmm. which gets Mike feeling emotions, which, of course, ruins his day. So he yells at her, and then his daughter returns, and he leaves telling her that she won't come out of her room.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He's completely fucked up this relationship yet again.
1: threw a bomb right in the middle of the whole thing.
0: This happens all the time with him. Yeah. He ends up... uh, Earning their trust,
1: mm-hmm.
0: doing a lot of great stuff, and then sort of spoiling it at some point. And you've got to wonder, like, how many times is, well, I mean, we know he has a relationship with Kaylee uh, in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen, you know, how that ultimately goes, which is really fucking sad. You look at this scene yes. where he's shouting at Kaylee uh, and she's running to her room scared of her pop-pop. Uh, And then you go to Breaking Bad, where ultimately he's going to abandon her in uh, Park while the DEA swoops in (laughs) to try and bust him. It's yeah, this relationship is rough.
1: The whole. Yeah, his whole story is kind of tragic. And it's it's part of what makes him such a compelling character, because like you said in the last episode, he's not necessarily a great guy, but he keeps trying to maintain these relationships mm-hmm. they are important to him
0: yeah I mean he's doing the best he can with his you know repressed emotions and
1: just fucking talk about it man his, his just image talk of about manliness it. just talk about it and you'll feel so much better <laughs> I'm, this goes to everyone within the sound of my voice also uh, just talk about your shit you'll feel better I promise it sucks <laughs> at first but it gets better
0: yeah what if Walt had done that <sighs> we wouldn't have 11 seasons or whatever of a great show I guess it's 10 technically
1: yeah, that's fair. Gonna be 11. It makes a better story if you mm-hmm. just bottle it all up, just compartmentalize all that trauma yep. and let it explode at random times. So dramatic.
0: Here's the, the saddest thing about Mike.
1: His face. Go on. <laughs> it's the
0: back of his neck. The rolls.
1: His neck roll. No.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the skin cancer he no doubt has on oh, top of no. his head. I, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's that's terrible. I'm sorry. No,
1: I know how he dies. It's okay. Go on.
0: Uh. So Mike, Mike's story with his backstory with his kid, Maddie, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is that Maddie was killed um, by a couple of dirty cops, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I don't think anybody really knew what happened to him um, until Mike went digging and found out and then revenge killed those guys. Right. So, and then, you know, he has this relationship with this church lady whose husband has gone missing in the... Appalachian Trail or what Appalachian Trail? Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe I I don't remember where, but he was hiking and he's gone now. Right, she doesn't know what happened to him. Ultimately, that's Mike's fate when you look at it from the perspective of like Kaylee or his daughter, right? Knew him. Yeah, because if you remember in Breaking Bad, the way Mike dies is he meets Walt out by the river, Walt kills him, and then melts his body in a barrel of acid. Like, nobody's gonna know what happened to Mike. This okay. is the worst fate, this is the thing that, like he feels so shitty about Werner, right? He feels Mm -hmm. so shitty about this woman's husband who was gone. And it's gonna happen to him.
1: It's this recurring theme in his life. It's It's a super
0: well-constructed character. Like, that's just a a perfect backstory for this character Mm -hmm. who ends up with that exact same fate.
1: It's delightfully around. I like it. Yeah.
0: They're so good at that. Mm -hmm. All right, so we go on a crime spree uh, with these guys. And now they're buying drugs. And we're sort of at the end of that that whole multi-day trip that they've got going <laughs> it on. Was mul-
1: I didn't realize it in the first watch, but in the second watch, I'm like, oh, shit, this has gone on for at least a couple of days. They say, what day is it? It's Tuesday. 50% <laughs> off. You know what that means? I don't, but they do, apparently.
0: Yeah. No, they don't. They don't know what that means. <laughs> they really don't. Uh, but they are still on the crime spree. They go buy some drugs, a, a boatload of them,
1: a boatload, so ten, much, ten boatloads,
0: ten, ten baggies, and they get stuck in the drain pipe. And then Lalo and Nacho and their crew are playing poker, which is kind of seems like Lalo's way of ingratiating himself to Nacho. Um, Crazy Eight's losing badly, mm-hmm. and then he gets a call about the problem with the crime spree guys, and they didn't get the drugs, and uh, Crazy Eight has to go over and fix it. And he does so just in time for the cops to show up and find him with the drugs.
1: Was this a setup? Do you think? I don't think so. Really? No. Okay. I didn't think ten baggies would be enough because those are pretty small bags to actually clog the thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's artificial and it's <laughs> it's execution. Like uh, I don't. It was a
1: tiny bit clumsy. I think. A little
0: bit. Yeah. I mean, I I could agree with that. It's like, oh, how's how are these ten baggies gonna? wedge themselves in there yeah. if all that comes out when you tap it is tin baggies mm-hmm. you would think there'd be some cruft or something at least
1: out. at the very least dead squirrel corpse
0: oh god, <laughs> it would be great if like the baggies came sliding out and then two seconds later a squirrel's corpse <laughs> the bones of a squirrel come. i mean
1: it wouldn't be great but it would be great it would yeah. be
0: great in breaking bad fashion <laughs> breaking bad terms that would be great
1: we get, we get close up. Get to see the flies buzzing on it. Mm-hmm. Fantastic flies, I Yeah, I I
0: don't I don't know. I, like I think playing poker with Lalo is not really the way to to get to him.
1: I don't know why the fuck he would play poker with Lalo.
0: He's just trying to get close. Just like he, he's inching toward a goal here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once we get to the next scene with them, he's sprinting toward that goal. Like. He never has to play poker with Lalo again, right? Because he's already in.
1: That's fair. I was just thinking from a preservation of personal ego standpoint. Uh, why would you play a lying game with Lalo <laughs> and his yeah. his whole his whole thing?
0: He seems pretty good at lying, figuring out the lies and being
1: straight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I knew he had a bad hand, but Crazy mm-hmm. Eight didn't.
0: No, Crazy Crazy Eight is such a a wisp of a drug dealer in this scene. like, And in all the scenes he's been in, yeah. he's very, he, he's not like the crazy eight that we know in Breaking Bad, which I think is good mm-hmm. because he spent some time in prison now, right? Like he's yeah. going to jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been arrested for a drug charge. He's going away.
1: This is his first time going to jail, apparently.
0: Yeah, and I think that would change you, right? Totally. And so he comes out a lot harder, right? He's yeah. he's laying down law on Jesse. He's ready to kill Jesse mm-hmm. in the beginning of Breaking Bad, Um so, yeah, there's like, there's a big change that Crazy Eight's going to undergo. And Max Arciniega, who plays Crazy 8, is doing a great job portraying like this guy who's just kind of the furniture, Tampico <laughs> furniture sales guy beforehand sure. who wants to dabble and thinks like, oh, this would be cool mm-hmm. and I can make a bunch of money, as opposed to the guy who's been through the grinder of the drug business and is now full on drug dealer. Right. Yeah. You know? I, I think that that change is being really effectively portrayed.
1: He, yeah, he's acting out really well. I, he's totally believable as a kind of milk toast. Doesn't quite want to be there, but now he's in too deep, and mm-hmm. he's just trying to survive. I think he does character. want to be there. I think like he wants to be there for Nacho, but I don't know that he. I don't. He doesn't like anybody else. Oh, true. He's scared yeah. of everybody else. Maybe yeah. scared of Nacho a little bit too now.
0: Uh, he should be after he got that beating. But he's—he's yeah. he's not really like. Yeah, it's
1: he's still. Interesting.
0: I, I think he realizes that like Nacho wouldn't do that unless Hector made him, mm-hmm. and so he's a little more understanding of the beating he took.
1: Yeah, <laughs> weirdly understanding.
0: We try to make it super easy to support making podcasts a Bald Move. Just join the club. But well, some people aren't the joining type or maybe they're already in the club, but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage or for podcasts that really spoke to them or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. All right, so let's talk some more about Crazy Eight. He's arrested. Yes. Um, That's all we're going to talk about him. The stash house is raided. Mm -hmm. Stash house is raided. Excuse me. Uh, it turns out there were actually a lot of drugs in there and by drug standards. It doesn't look like a lot of drugs to me. It's like, if you can fit, if you can fit the drugs in your pocket, it's not a lot of drugs.
1: doesn't seem like <laughs> it, but I guess by, by legal standards, yeah. it is a lot, especially right. if and it's in separate baggies then they know that you're dealing and that's a much higher charge. Absolutely. Yeah. Personal. Intent to distribute yeah. or whatever it's exactly.
0: called. Um, Doug L might have some thoughts about how much time Crazy A will be doing. Oh,
1: yes, resident uh, lawyer.
0: Yes, our resident Better Call Saul lawyer. Uh, yeah, so it turns out there were a lot of drugs in that house. And so Nacho springs into action. He runs inside attempting to grab the drugs before the cops can find them. And he is very, very successful.
1: And also very intensely sweaty when he gets back. I bet mean, he was the <laughs> he stinkiest is. boy. Uh, the cutest, stinkiest I, boy. So much so that I
0: was, I was hoping that like his the drugs didn't sweat into his system in his pockets like if one of those baggies was half open
1: uh-huh and
0: you've got this like you know the osmosis effect i that, bet
1: it wouldn't affect him at all he probably yeah he does meth yeah seems pretty clean you think so or is he just does i think he just so handle his shit
0: yeah maybe it's both maybe, maybe that's he why only he does so a little yeah, Meth not working the jumping its way through across a,
1: a roof and dropping from a two-story fall, and
0: doing so in front of the the cops <laughs> and risking yeah. life and limb and freedom to do it. Yeah,
1: to possibly impress Lalo, like we said before.
0: Right. Yeah, I love that it's twofold here. Right. Like mm-hmm. one, on the one hand, he can impress Lalo with his jumping skills, but also <laughs> he can save Crazy Eight from doing extra time. I save think save Crazy Eight and
1: also maybe the whole. Operation, because that would be, that would be a reason to start digging a little closer mm. into the Salamanca operation.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I have to say before, because I think this is the last scene that we're going to talk about Crazy Eight for uh, this episode. I got to say that Crazy Eight is way more fun to say in Spanish than it is English. Ocho loco. Ocho loco. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. That's such a good name. Ocho That's a loco. Very good name. I don't know. I saw the AMC posted something on their uh on their social accounts mm-hmm. where uh, Max Ciniega is sort of explaining Ocho Loco and and his character and stuff and it seemed cool. I didn't watch it, but uh the the name really stuck out to me.
1: Speaking of, if you don't mind a a brief tangent here, mm-hmm. AMC's uh, social stuffs there have been a lot of videos coming out lately of, mm-hmm. of people of people doing things. I watched Mike Ermintrout make a pimento cheese sandwich
0: <laughs> yesterday.
1: Did you see that?
0: I didn't, no. Did he take the crusts off?
1: He didn't, but I tell That's you what, he thing. it was very matter of fact. Yeah. It was delightful. The bread was crooked on top. I noticed that.
0: Mike Ermintrout cooking show on YouTube. I can't even Fairly. imagine.
1: So he, there was him with, you know, the stone face and there's also one of Lalo making a carne asada taco and like I mean that was talking about how juicy the meat is (laughs) and it's just like I need to lay down (laughs) I need to lay down in a private room (laughs) oh boy (laughs) just saying just saying juicy
0: juicy uh yeah I oh we essentially got that scene when we were introduced to him right like the first time we meet him he's,
1: he's cooking me cooking
0: up a storm
1: he was he did it in this episode too
0: he does yeah he sits down with uh nacho later mm-hmm. anyway um let's move on to Saul working the courthouse
1: mm-hmm.
0: getting everybody to do what he wants
1: delightful Yeah. While he's wheeling and dealing
0: yeah he's waiting for the ada to get out of her court uh to get out of court hmm and in the meantime he's talking to everybody Right, he's got 45 clients he's got to be wheeling and dealing constantly he's got to yeah. use his time as he says later uh, so Saul accosts the DA to try and settle a bunch of his cases but she shuts him down calling it what it is a bid to churn through clients in order to make more money uh, this uh, I forgot to say also Howard shows up
1: mm-hmm. um, and invites him up? to
0: lunch I'm this look that, that Howard gives him first of all is hilarious when he sees what he's wearing because Howard <laughs> is very much a man of image and image matters. like, he's got his own color, him to go blue, which yeah. are what, you know, the logo is based on and all his suits are probably based on. Um, but he just looks Jimmy up and down and he's like, okay, whatever. Saul Goodman. Uh, and then he invites Saul to lunch.
1: What could that possibly be for? Is In it a way that makes me Chuck think,
0: I, I think he's going to offer him a job. That and
1: would be crazy. It would
0: be insane. Yeah. But but if you recall, Howard was never the one who wanted to keep him out of the firm, right? He thought right. Jimmy was a go-getter. He thought Jimmy, yeah. you know, he he had a certain amount of admiration for Jimmy for the way he hustled,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: way he he worked hard. He put himself through law school. He didn't have any help here in fact he had the opposite of it right i think howard respected that and now the chuck's gone which was the thing really holding him back maybe he's going to end up with i don't think saul in any world would accept the job no, of at hhm not. of course not no there, there's absolutely no way but it will be perhaps a glorious scene when they sit down and talk about
1: it that'll be very interesting over no that was more of a mesa verde thing i was going to say over um fucking mules <laughs> oh right yeah
0: and those <laughs> copper cups
1: no but it could very much be a guilt motivated thing mm-hmm. with Chuck's death and yeah Jimmy finally getting his license back like maybe he thinks that this will be a way to make up for any part that he may have played in Chuck's suicide
0: yeah and I think you know he was in therapy um, mm-hmm. last season He was having a super hard time dealing with Chuck's death yeah he was going through
1: all it. the stages that you know a normal person like that Jimmy should have been going through, basically, right. if he hadn't already written his brother off at that point.
0: So this could be part of, I don't know, maybe the psychiatrist that he's been seeing or, or the therapist he's been seeing has maybe encouraged him to sort of go out there and fix any, you know, perceived slights
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, in his life. I know that's a big thing with like AA and recovery, like where you go out and you seek out the people you've harmed and you apologize to them and right you make amends that sort of thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: hamlin might be doing that here
1: yeah i could i could totally see that
0: but i really think it's gonna end in a job proposal and <laughs> Gen- saul's just gonna laugh in his face
1: he's gonna be a real butt about it i think we yeah. can yeah agree
0: or he's gonna use this weakness this uh, perceived weakness in howard for personal gain he's gonna
1: find an angle yeah god i could see that too
0: <laughs> for sure all right, so we move on to Lalo letting Nacho make the call about when the drug dealers go back on the streets. And then he mm-hmm. invites him to sit for a meal. And Lalo asks how much they should be worried about Crazy 8 talking in prison. Nacho says, I'm certain he won't talk. And then
1: Lalo Lalo's, fucking stares at him.
0: Yeah, but, but he doesn't want him to take care of it, which in drug mm-hmm. terms means kill him. Obviously. So, so he's got other plans. Mm-hmm. Any idea what Lalo's other plans might be?
1: maybe he's going to find this this wheel and deal and lawyer that's representing all these criminals now.
0: I didn't I didn't get that as being Lalo's plan, but I don't I don't really know why cuz he doesn't know Saul, right? Like right. Lalo has never met Jimmy. Nacho knows of Jimmy. I thought it was Nacho going out to get to get Jimmy or Saul's services. Yeah. But maybe Lalo could just say, you know, find find a guy who can fix this. Yeah. And Nacho goes and he knows a guy.
1: I could see that. Also, I don't know. I, Lalo is pretty observant. He might have just picked up on this. It's not like Jimmy is trying to be, it's not like Saul is trying to be super subtle or anything. Yeah. About his criminal representation. It's true. <laughs>
0: He's making commercials off. in the lobby. 50% off. Uh, this, this scene does serve to show us that Lalo is sort of putting trust in Nacho, right? Like letting him make the call about whether these dealers go back out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's saying that Nacho's shenanigans, his antics have worked. Um, at
1: least a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He knows and that he can important. give at least a little bit of the power back.
0: Mm-hmm. And that might free Lalo up to do some more heinous shit on Gus's end. Like... Mm-hmm. You know, if Nacho's running the, the Salamanca drug operation. He
1: has a lot of free time to just follow people. Yep. And be menacing in a cheerful way. <laughs> Cheerfully menacing.
0: And then we get to the final scene where Suzanne gets stuck with oh, Saul in an elevator. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that conveniently breaks down. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, whatever could have happened.
1: For exactly 20 minutes.
0: Yep. Uh, with Jimmy psychologically torturing her, she agrees (laughs) to discuss their cases and come to terms. And once they get out of the elevator, it's revealed Saul paid the maintenance guy to set this whole thing up. Of course. Afterward, Nacho rolls up and tells Saul to get in the car.
1: It's so funny. As this scene started, I was (coughs) typing in my notes, Saul traps Suzanne in an elevator, and then that ended up being exactly what (laughs)
0: happened. Uh Yeah, totally. I I like it, too, because even though you see through his shit, right? Like nobody thinks Jimmy is just happens to be in this elevator and just happens to have happened right after he says, Hey, we should do an early meeting and talk about this Mm -hmm. stuff. And like, this is obviously a ploy of some kind, but you can't imagine that he would be able to shut down an elevator and trap them both in it. That's
1: especially if you don't already know, like we do the lengths that Saul Goodman can go to, to get his way.
0: Right. Yeah, she's not familiar with him, right? Exactly. Whereas Kim is. Kim would spot this a mile away.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also wondered if this served as a way to get meetings quicker with her in the future, because they they managed <laughs> to let her know
0: this is how it's going to go every yeah, time. Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh, we we beat out these like twenty cases in uh-huh. twenty minutes, no problem.
0: Yeah, so I let's mean, do he this did. He took a lot of work off her plate too. He did. Like, say yeah. what you want about his motivations here. He's. Yeah, he's obviously just wanting to turn into these cases and make more money, but Mm -hmm. he also saved her a lot of work. Did. And also he's, I, I think this is a veiled threat. Like, I will do this every time to you. Every single time I have cases with you, mm-hmm. and it will be constantly because you're the ADA.
1: And if you don't meet me immediately,
0: you are going to get stuck in every elevator you ever walk into, lady.
1: <laughs> Prepare to sit on a lot of dirty floors.
0: <laughs> with your shoes off? With your I,
1: shoes off.
0: I understand why she took your her shoes off. I was disturbed everything.
1: by it. It was very upsetting.
0: I, I'm a famous foot hater. A
1: foot hater? Yeah. Sock man's a foot hater. You hate to see it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's it. That's the end of the episode. We actually have one piece of feedback this week. If you'd like to send in your feedback, Doug L, Doug L, I'm talking to you, <laughs> uh, you can do so at at Uh It's the email address. We got a message from Ben this week who wrote in to talk about Jimmy, Gene, Saul, whoever he is now, whoever he has been and, and all those people. It says, you've had the conversation about whether Gene, Saul, Jimmy will die, etc. But I was wondering, do you think the character the character actually deserves a happy ending or like walt has he just done too much bad shit to be allowed a fairy tale ending
1: i have a gut reaction response to this but i want to hear yours first
0: yeah you want to hear my i was hoping you would do it first because i don't have a great response i'm still formulating my response i say no why do you say no
1: because he's not a great person because he's done a lot of (laughs) lying in his past and it has damaged all of his relationships it's true He may be a very sympathetic con man, but Mm -hmm. he is still a con man. And those people abuse trust Mm -hmm. to get what they want. And I don't, that's not a good person.
0: Yeah. And I think you look at the first scene of this season Mm -hmm. with Gene and you see when he says, I'm going to go fix this myself. He hasn't actually learned anything, right? He hasn't changed. He's been forced into taking a step back from his Saul persona for years
1: but he's not doing anything with it he's just hiding
0: and, and and tellingly he doesn't want to take that step back he wants to be saul he mm-hmm. he just can't in the moment yeah and now he's kind of thrown everything out the window and just said you know what fuck it i am this person if this leads to me getting killed or leads to me getting arrested and spending the rest of my life in jail whatever i'm gonna do that because that's who i am
1: now if the question is do i want him to have a happy, happy ending? Yeah, of course. I still I still like this piece of shit, even though he is a piece of shit. Yeah. Because he's so charismatic. <laughs> and he he, he tried for so long he's fun. to to fit in and it just didn't work out. You're the him. Kim.
0: You're the Kim in this situation. You're I am, constantly I'm a giving him an enabler. I'm an enabler. Rope. It's true. All more the rope slack.
1: All the rope and then he's just gonna hang himself with it. He is. Very sad.
0: And maybe Kim and maybe Nacho and maybe Lalo.
1: Everybody who comes in contact with, maybe?
0: Could be. Could be uh but yeah that's a great question ben Uh, i'd like to know what you think about that too if you're Mm -hmm. an audience member out there listening uh because that's it for this week we're gonna be back next week same time wednesday uh well i can't promise same time wednesday i can promise same day wednesday
1: same calendar day
0: yeah uh so we'll see you then and until then i'm jim
1: i'm alexis see you later